Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. I want to I talk briefly this morning about vision. And I've entitled my, my message, Got Vision. Can you say that with me this morning? I'd like, I like for you guys to repeat the title so I know that you guys are awake and you can read. Got Vision? Amen. If you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12, we're going to be reading four verses, one through four, the story of Abram, where God commissions him. Genesis 12, one through four. If you don't have your Bibles, I have it up, up here on the screen. It says, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and and." Him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he separated from Haran. And then there's four parts that I kind of want to dissect here uh, this morning. If you're a person that takes notes, I encourage you to to take notes. Man, I took so many notes this past week. I didn't. I didn't. I I, I didn't want to forget anything. and so, you know, you know how you, you, you hear something really good um, and you want to apply it to your life, but like you forgot what it was, so you can't apply it, <laughs> All right? That's, that's, that's what's good about taking notes. This is kind of backwards. Um, <clears throat> that's the very last point. Just anyways, so I want to kind of take this verse and we're going to start, start from the very top. Um, I believe that this message is for those who not only have vision in, you know, in their ministries. And I want to I apply this, um, this, this passage to our church, the vision of our church. But whether it be you know, your entrepreneurial endeavors, whether it be your work life, your family life, whatever your vision is, I believe that we need to take these, uh, these four steps to, to heart. So the first one is discerning God's voice. You can write that down. Discerning God's voice. Verse 1, it opens up. The passage says, now the Lord said to Abram. Simple, right? We read that and sometimes we just kind of skip over. But there's something very important there. God spoke. God spoke. And sometimes God is trying to speak and we're not listening. But God spoke to Abram. The Lord said to Abram. Everything that you do, church, listen to this. Everything that you do for the kingdom of God must have the king's approval. You have to consult the king. One of the many quotes that I, that I wrote down this past week was, good ideas are good, God ideas are better. I'm say that again. Good ideas are good, they're great. God ideas are better. That's, that's what I want, right? And and so when you have a vision for something, you have to know, you have to be real with yourself and determine, is it possible for me to even get there? Not will it be easy to get there, okay, because that answer is pretty much always no, but is it, is it possible? Right? If it is possible, then you know that your vision has some truth to it and you can move forward. Notice the question isn't also, is it realistic? Because... Because when you ask if something is realistic, that, that kind of has to do more with, with your goals, right? You make realistic goals. This time next year, you might want to be married or have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. This time next year, you want to drop, you know, a, 
a few, a few pounds. Realistic goals, that's, that's what we make. You're not going to set a goal to be a millionaire next year if you got like $27 in your account today, right? But dreams, vision, they don't always have to be realistic because they're dreams. They have to be reachable, but they don't necessarily have to be real, realistic, but they just might be possible. Amen. So now making goals is great and they're necessary to get to where you envision yourself, but God doesn't give you goals. God gives you vision. The Bible says that in the last days, his sons will have vision and his old, the old men will dream dreams. God doesn't give you goals because goals are your thing. One of my goals was always to have a six pack. That's my, that, God don't care, care less if I have a six pack. Goals are your thing. Goal, goals are what you want. Vision is what God is trying to show you. So God is painting a picture here for Abram. He tells him, this is where I'm going to take you. This, this is what I'm going to do for you. You might need to figure out the details, but when you do, I guarantee you, you're going to end up right where I showed you you're going to be. We need to learn how to discern God's voice, church. We got, we, we got to learn how to discern God-given idea, God-given vision. You know, as a pastor, and uh, li- listen to this because I'm going to say now, and I don't like saying this all the time, I, especially like in person. I, I can say things from here because I'm t- talking to a general audience. But I don't, sometimes people present ideas to me, and I don't really want to go with their ideas. But I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really good at telling people no or no, I don't like your idea. Like, you, you can tell because I'm not a really good liar. Um, but, like, some people are, are just, they're, they're stern. They're like, no, no, no thanks. That, that's not a good idea. Or, no, we're, we're not going to do that. But me, I'm like, yeah, we could, we could try it, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, God's working on that, man. But as a pastor, I, I need to make decisions based on what God's desires are for the ministry, not based on your good ideas, not even based on my good ideas. Again, good ideas are great. God often gives us the empowerment to try out different ideas. Um, but for every decision that is made, God has to be consulted because for everything that is done for the kingdom, the king has to be consulted before you embark on your mission, church. God has to be behind your vision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch to this mic. Can we do that? <clears throat> check, check, check. Amen. Still with me? You guys are still awake, right? Amen. Glory to God. Um, okay. And that's, so that's, that's what we're trying to be. You know, as, as, for our church, for our ministry, I want this to be a God-mandated ministry. I want God to be behind every decision, everything that we implement. It's got to be. If it's going to be blessed, if it's, it's going to be powerful as God wants it to be, God has to be behind everything. Amen? So, that was number one. Discern God's voice. What is God saying? What is God saying to this ministry? Number two, faith. We know about faith. Trust the process. So th- this is the second part of verse 1. This, this is what God says to Abram. He says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. Notice something here. God doesn't even tell Abram where he's going. You notice that? He just says, go to a land that I will show you. He says, leave your home. Go to a place that you're not familiar with. Leave everything behind. Husbands, imagine telling that to your wives. Babe, we're going to move. You're going to leave everything. 
We're going to take the, 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 the kids out of school. You're going to leave your friends, your family, your church, your work. We're, we're going to go. We're just going to uproot our lives. And she says, okay, where are we going? I don't know. We'll find out when we get there. What's she going to tell you? I'm like, bye, right? You're going by yourself. But that's the thing about God is that he gives you a vision, but sometimes it's a very blurred vision. It's an answer, but it's a vague answer. And it only becomes clearer as you accept the process and you say, God, I'm going to do it. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to have faith because I know that if you're behind it, I'm, I'm going to be okay. But that's the, that's the hardest part, though, is accepting the process. We don't like doing that. It's hard. And it's not that we don't have faith in who God is, but sometimes we just wonder if God is really working in our lives, right? We look around, and, and what happens is, is, is you look at the successful people. You look at the blessed people. You look at the people that aren't going through the same things that you're going through, and you say, God, why are you working on them? What about, where's my blessing? Why do I have to keep waiting for my turn? Why am I not successful? Why aren't they experiencing the same troubles that I'm experiencing? When I was a kid, I had a very similar mentality, but when it came to my family, I would always tell my parents, you know, well, first I would look at my friends and I would see the things that they would do. They would be able to do certain things. Their parents would buy them certain things. They'd get to go certain places. And, and I would look at my life and think, dad, I would always tell my dad, dad, why can't I have what my friends have? Why can't we ever go here? Why can't I ever do this? And he would always say, well, you're not them. And I would say, of course, that, well, that's not fair, right? We love saying that. It's not fair. But, but one thing that I always told my parents, and I, and I sincerely meant it, I said, I'm in the wrong family. I would, I would say it. I said, seven-year-old Ryan, I'm in the wrong family. This is ridiculous. Imagine little Ryan saying that. God gave me the wrong family. God gave me the wrong parents. Everything's always messed up in my life because my best friend Michael can have a Nintendo 64, but I can't. I just have a trampoline and a clubhouse and Super Nintendo. <laughs> and I'm starting to see Layla, man, doing the same thing. Jesus, break those generational curses, amen? <laughs> I'll be getting after her to pick up her Play-Doh. She got it all over the house, man. And, and by the way, just to make an announcement, if you guys buy her things, don't buy her Play-Doh. Please, please stop it. And you're probably going to do it more now just to annoy me. But man, it's just, it just doesn't end. Walk in the house, there's Play-Doh everywhere. Play-Doh on my couch. There's Play-Doh on my bed. There's Play-Doh in the, in the bathtub. There's Play-Doh in the toilet, man. There's like, <laughs> I walked out, I walked outside the other day, I came to church and someone, someone said, hey, there's something on your, on, on your pants. And I looked around, it was, it was, it was Play-Doh. I can't, I mean, it, the madness has got to stop. So I really hate Play-Doh, right? And so sometimes she's playing with it. And I simply, I just, I, I tell her very nicely, baby, um, if you're not playing with your Play-Doh, put it away. I, we have this rule that if I notice that she's done with her Play-Doh and she hasn't put it away, I'm just going to take it and throw it in the trash. And I did that the first time. And man, she gave out this scream like someone like shot her in the leg. <laughs> she freaked out. She called me a mean daddy. She said, you don't love me. Super dramatic, like a mom. My girl, please. And so, so, so God allows us to go through things. He takes us through a process that we don't understand. And sometimes we're like, God, where are you, man? 
I see you working in all these other people's lives, but I don't see you working in mine, right? And we sing that song, uh, I see you move, you move in mountains. I still got the mountain in front of me. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know what they're singing, but I, I'm still looking at my mountain. And we say, God, you're, it's like you're torturing me, man. Do you even love me? Because I can't see where I'm going. I don't, I, I don't know what you're doing, but that's faith, church. That's what it is. That's, that's faith. Abram was told, journey to a land that I will show you. Leave what you know to the unknown. I'm going to uproot you. And he does it. All right, so so far we've seen what God, when God gives you a vision, we have to discern that it's God. And we have to, we have to trust the process. We have to have faith. I want to look at the next one. Know the blessing. Can you, can you say that with me? Know the blessing. You, you got to know the blessing. See, God didn't just tell Abram to go to a land that he would show him. He told him what would happen if he did. Look at verses two through three. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you. I will curse and in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. Man, I, I bet Abram saw that and was like, man, how can I not go? There's so much to be gained here. God wants to do something great in me. And though the journey might be a little bit hard, the reward is incredible. It's amazing. How can I not go? And when, you know, when I think of, when I think about the vision that God has been placing in my heart over the past few years for this church, and I, I also see this uh, a very similar thing with the go movement. I see where God wants us to be. And then I look at how hard it might be to get there. But then I think, well, how can we not take on the journey? The blessing God has for us, if we just get there, is, is incredible, church. It really is. I don't know if you believe it. I don't know if I'm the only one that sees a vision. But it's awesome. And I've noticed something in scripture. Is that for every great leader, for every great person, nation, you can fill in the blank, who got their blessing, it was first preceded with the willingness to take on the journey. That's it. Abram, Joseph, Moses, Joshua, David. They were nobodies. They didn't start out blessed. All they had was a word from the Lord that said they were going places. And so they had to be bold enough to take on whatever came with that vision. Church, we have to know what's on the line. We have to know what's coming. And then we have to be bold enough to not let anything that comes our way deter us from where God is trying to get us to go. You with me? I've only, I've only told a few people this, but I'm going to share it with you here today. I'll probably have to share it again next week when the, the next half of the church is here. Um, but sometime, probably next year, we're probably going to be changing the name of the church. <gasps> I was expecting a few gas. That's cool. All right. Yeah. We're, we're, we're probably going to be changing the name of, of the church. My dad, pretty soon, um, he's, he's planning on retiring as the senior pastor. He, he'll continue uh, pastoring the Spanish congregation, um, but our, kind of our leadership roles, they'll, they'll be reversed. That's kind of been the, the, the plan for a while. Now, just because that's our plan doesn't mean it's going to happen. I mean, if you guys don't want me as your pastor, you don't have to have me, All right? But I'll tell you, like the girlfriends that I broke up with tell me, if you don't want me, you don't deserve to have me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's just too good not to say. 
But that's been the plan for, for about three years now, um, you know, preparing for, for, for this transition. I've, you know, I started kind of managing the, the leaders and trying to create structure. And man, after going to this conference, I realized, bro, you're doing it wrong. Um, but my dad, who's been a pastor for, for more than half my life, he's, he, he's beginning to kind of see me as his pastor. And man, that's so empowering to me. Um, and he, you'll always be my pastor. We're not going to have this moment right now. <clears throat> Embarrassing. <laughs> I look at him, he starts crying. I'm like, okay, but we're not going to do that. But so we start throwing out these different names, you know, when we started talking about changing the name of the church and, and he threw out one name and, and I really liked it. I won't say what it is, um, but it, but it had the word Houston in it. And just knowing the vision that God has began to showing, to, to show me, I had to ask my dad, dad, what's going to happen when we plant churches in other cities? Houston might limit us if we're not in Houston. The blessings are coming. I, I don't know when. I, I hope I'll be around to see them. But even if I'm not, that, that's cool. Because the vision is the kingdom vision. It does not die with the person. It does not die with the pastoral position. Moses had the vision to take the Israelites to the promised land. And he didn't even get to go. That's fine. My pastor's vision was imparted on me. Mine will be imparted on, on my leaders and, and the next generation of pastors. That's how we do it in the kingdom of God. Because now we're not working for ourselves. We're working for the king of kings and his purpose. Turn to the person next to you. If, you're, if they're a member of this church, say, God vision. The fourth thing, the response. The response. Just because you have a vision doesn't mean that you're responding to it. And this, again, this doesn't have to just be for our church ministry. This could be for your personal life, your ministry, what God is trying to tell you to do. Maybe, maybe you know exactly what God has shown you. Maybe God has shown you a very successful business or a, a beautiful family. A, I don't know, a beautiful life, and you haven't responded to it. There's got to be a positive response that moves you towards that vision. Just because you see the vision doesn't mean you're automatically going to be there the next day without any work. What does verse 4 say? So Abram went. He went. That's action. That's a verb. He went. He didn't stay there and then it happened. Abram went as the Lord had told him. He was 75 years old when he, when he separated. 75. Now I know that's, that sounds like really old, but considering he lived to 175, it's not that old. But still, he could have stayed back. But he didn't. I was, I was reading this, and sometimes I just wonder. I wonder if God commissioned other people before getting to the people that said yes. I just, I don't know, one of my random thoughts. I wonder if God asked someone else. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. God could have asked someone else to be the founder of, of, of the nation of Israel. He could have asked someone else, offered him the same thing, same blessing, because God can call whoever he wants. But Abram responded. Abram said yes. And, and I see, you know, I see, the, I see the ministries and I see churches out there that are flourishing. Not because they're better than any of us, but, but because they're simply determined to position themselves in a way that reflects their God-given vision. It's not, it's not about comparing ourselves to other ministries, church, or other ministers. 
right? And, 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 I, and people say that a lot. Well, why, why are they doing it this way? They're, they're just doing that because this other church does it. No, it's not about that. It's about just joining the army. It's about joining forces fully equipped with something more to offer than just a few Sunday services. But to be a church, I love their, I love their motto of, of that church, a new life covenant, a church for the hurting. I love that. Not just, not just a church for Christians, not just a place that we gather and we sing a couple worship songs and we, we hear a word. No, we're, we're a church. We're active. It's about giving God this level, the same level of excellence that we would dedicate to our jobs or our family life, you know, giving God the best of what we have. Another amazing quote that I, I, I just wanted to share it said, the details are the difference between good and excellent. That's good. The, because we don't pay attention to details. We're like, ah, oh, details. Who cares about that? Oh, it's a misspelled word on the screen? It's okay. You know what that tells us? We don't know how to spell. <laughs> the details are the difference between good and excellence. God doesn't call us to be subpar. He calls us to be the best that we could possibly be. And if you, got, if you have a guy that's crossing his T's and dotting his I's and giving to God, and you got a guy that doesn't cross his T's and doesn't dot his I's, who did better? <laughs> who would offer, who offered a little bit more? So church, I just wanted to share this with you, and I wanted to motivate you to respond with me towards this vision. And over the next several weeks, um, we're going to continue with this, with this theme of vision um, in, in, a, in, a, in a series that we're just going to go ahead and stick to the name, Got Vision. Uh, and I, I want to kind of go more into the details of, of our vision and where, where God is, is taking us. And I, I encourage you, I encourage you, church, to take the journey. God, God, wants us to, God wants to take us places, man. He really does. He wants to take every single one of us along for the ride. But we have to move together. We have to move together. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeriglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.